Who the hell are we and why should you listen to anything we have to say? Well, as far as myself, I have an MBA, securities licenses, and clients' net worth for decades for $15 million. They have $50 million. So you only can keep clients like that if you use decision science you use logic and you use math and you have a vast network of people that you tap in to their knowledge to benefit your clients because because of my securities and licenses i have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the public now for me to make money and live a good lifestyle here in southern california I have to consistently make my client money. And more than that, provide them with the right intellectual, financial resources so we all could be happy. So I translate that, my career, who I am, into sports betting to give you, of all people, the tools you need to put money in your pocket betting on college and professional sports. Why do I do it? I do it because I just got tired of listening to the bullshit from ESPN, from Fox Sports. Constant ton, Big Ten channel, constant ton of just crap. So since I watch a lot of sports, since I have a lot of contacts in the sports industry, I decided to share information, good, solid. I have a journalism background as well, well well-sourced information so we can all help each other get to the truth or at least get close to the truth. Elon Musk said, if you know the truth, you can predict outcomes. So what we do is we collaborate. The sports betting is about collaboration we collaborate with each other to get as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes and since we live in a 134 trillion dollar u.s market the richest country in the world for now there's enough money for everybody where we do not have to be over competitive but we teach decision science we teach uh, mental health, mental health first aid kit. We teach uh, different methods, the nuts and bolts, right, of how to pick an investment, how to analyze an investment, right? And sports betting is an investment of your time and your money. So you have to have a very disciplined process.
So to get to the truth, uh, to be able to be good at behavioral economics, because in sports betting, and as I study the horse racing industry, I encourage you to listen to that podcast with Tim Conway Jr. His dad was on the Carol Burnett show. That's a very popular uh, talk show here in LA on the radio. He talked about being able to bond with his dad with horse racing. So I started studying the horse racing industry in order to be as good as I am with college football, college basketball, NFL, college football, to be as good at, in, in uh, horse racing. And we gave you one Triple Crown winner uh, this past season. It's been crazy. So we have pared it down a little bit, but we'll, we're back full force. And you go on our Twitter links, and you will get its currency. You will get information to make one. And pretty much every year since then, last four years, we've been able to make people money. You know, my cousin Jimmy got $28,000. $28,000 based on our information. People have reported uh, close to $750,000 that they've made based on our information. That's what we want to hear. We want to give good clean information so you can make money and I get great feedback. I get great information in return, right? Because life's a two-way street uh, and people reciprocate. Not everybody, two out of 10 people reciprocate, but that's enough. That uh, The podcast has been very, very, very successful. When you look at the connections made, you know, a few ads sold here and there, and the information got the received across the nation. We have new people across the nation who listen consistently and know that every time we put on a podcast, this information that's made money that will make money in the future. And it's a process of being able to learn together. So for this podcast, we went from Dwarf Navarro. The sound wasn't really that great, but if you can bear with it, put headphones on, listen to the Dwarf Navarro podcast. Uh, it ties into the behavioral economics part of it. Because again, behavioral economics, you're as a sports better, you're competing against the casino, you're competing against the bookmaker, you're competing against other betters. So you have to know behavioral economics in order to make money consistently in the sports betting league. So we go from George Navarro to Belinda Stronick. Belinda Stronick is a Canadian businesswoman, former politician. Uh, she has $4 billion. Her dad, Frank, who she sued, right? It's the founder of Magna International, a major Canadian automotive parts company. She first gained prominence in the business world. So why are we studying Melinda Stroni? To get to as close to the truth as possible in order to make money in the sports betting industry. Every single podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome. So we are studying Belinda Stronach in order to get close to the truth to be able to win consistently 
understanding the sports betting industries, understanding the horse racing industry, and give us to give us lessons for business and like economics for behavioral accounts. Who the hell are we, and why should you listen to anything we have to say? Well, first myself, I have an MBA, securities license, and clients' net worth for decades for $15 million. They have $50 million. So you only can keep clients like that if you use decision science you use logic and you use math and you have a vast network of people that you tap in to their knowledge to benefit your clients because because of my security i have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the public now for me to make money and live a good lifestyle here in southern california I have to consistently make my client money. And more than that, provide them with the right intellectual, financial resources so we all can be happy. So I translate that, my career, who I am, into sports betting to give you, of all people, the tools you need to put money in your pocket betting on college and professional sports. Why do I do that? I do it because I just got tired of listening to the bullshit from ESPN, from Fox Sports. Constant ton, Big Ten Channel, constant ton of just crap. So since I watch a lot of sports, I have a lot of context in the sports industry, I decided to share information, good, solid. I have a journalism background as well. Well-sourced information so we can all help each other get to the truth or at least get close to the truth. Elon Musk said, if you know the truth, you can predict outcome. So what we do is we collaborate. Sports betting is about collaboration. We collaborate with each other to get as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes. And since we live in a $134 trillion U.S. market, the richest country in the world, for now, there's enough money for everybody where we do not have to be over competitive. But we teach decision science. We teach uh, mental health, mental health first aid kit. We teach uh, different methods, the nuts and bolts 
right, of how to pick an investment, how to analyze an investment, right? And sports betting is an investment of your time and your money. So you have to have a very disciplined process. Yeah, part of part of having a discipline process is uh, the number two rule of betting. Number one rule of betting is never bet your own team. Number two is always do your research. You get as much of decision science, you get as much information as possible. And you eliminate variables and co-variables and you rigorously use logic until you get to the answer that for us is a pick. So you have to study behavioral economics because you're competing against the casino. You're competing against the bookmaker. You're competing against other bettors. So you have to know uh, behavioral economics. You already know it. Right, you would be dead if you didn't know it. Is really not just getting to the you didn't call it behavioral economics, you just call it your instincts, what you see in the marketplace. But if you're living in America, been in a marketplace, everything's a marketplace. If you look for a job, whatever, you understand behavioral economics, you understand it to the point where you can consistently do your research and make money betting on sports, right. But you have to do your research and it's rigorous research. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast I did with Tim Conway Jr. His dad was on the Carol Burnett show. Uh, he has a successful talk show in LA on the radio. Uh, and he talked about connecting with his dad in the horse track, learning math as a race track. So before I start bidding on horses, I want to do my research. I want to do research on the industry and learn. You know, keep learning about business. Keep learning about investments, uh, how successful people make investments. And it's been very interesting, the journey, the last four years. This year, we gave you a winner in the Triple Crown races, the Twitter. We did one race where we gave you the winners. Usually, we do all three. It's been a nutty year. But now we're back full force. And we're talking Belinda Strode. Last podcast, we were talking Dwarf Navarro. And I encourage you to listen to that podcast, a different podcast from Don Dwarf Navarro. Great, big, big time life lessons. And there's big time life lessons in the life of Belinda Stronach, who's going to help us with our purpose and outcomes. So the purpose is to do research to get information on uh, new investments, to get information on how to make a good investment of your time and your money and behavioral economics, the numbers. Know the numbers and you will know everything. An independently wealthy man told me, Mr. Harrington, Mr. Bill Harrington told me, know the numbers and you will know everything. He's right. Know the numbers, you will know everything. Everything you need to know. We made uh, Jimmy $28,000 for horse racing last year. 
sharing our knowledge, and then we get the knowledge back. You, you, you always, when you give, you always get 10 back in return. To have 10 people to listen to the podcast, give us feedback, give us information, and then we monetize. So this has been a great journey, and we're back to continue the journey full force. And the outcome is being able to have some insight to monetize the Breeders' Cup, to monetize uh, Del Mar that's coming on, and to monetize the different uh, business changes that are going on in the NFL and in college football as we get to college football previews. So today I'm going to profile Belinda Stroni. And the outcome is what I just told you. We're going to make money learning about her journey and the many insights that her life gives us. And it's a very public life, uh, but there's some private things that are in the background. We did a podcast last year on maybe close to the Breeders' Cup. I might do another podcast, but if I don't, I'll do it in the spring about different secrets that might be exposed about the billionaire family of Belinda Strong. So who is Belinda Strong? Well, she's worth $5 billion, right? Let's start with the ending first. Like uh, Stephen Covey says, start with the end in mind. She's worth $5 billion. She's a Canadian businessman, woman, former politician. She was born uh, in Canada. Her father is Frank Strong, founder of Magnet International, major, major Canadian automotive parts company. But then they ventured to the United States and bought five racetracks. They bought uh, five horse farms and they started XBET. So what's important about that is right now people are talking about Apple being worth $3 trillion. And that's because of vertical integration. So when you're looking for an investment or you're in your own company, what you want to do is make your company as vertically integrated as possible. And most uh, clients that I have that have, you know, $20, $30 million, they're all control freaks. Most successful people are control. So that's what vertical integration is. It's a company that's a complete and total control fleet. Apple's the same way. Apple's very secretive. They're control freaks. They control every single part of the process. Now, if you don't control every single part, it's not the end of the world, but you have to control as much as possible. Apple grew tremendously using Intel ships inside the computer and they try to manufacture and sell, you know, software, the body of the machines. They try to control that, but the chip was Intel. Now Apple has switched and they're creating their own chip, but they were successful with the Intel chip. So if you have a company and you control nine out of 10 things, you're doing good. But at the end of the day, you want to control 10 out of every 10 things to make money. So the more control, and it's, and it's intelligent control of every part of your business, the better the investment. So that's why the investment in the Kansas City Chiefs was good, is everything that's controlled by Andy Reid. And investments in the New England Patriots have always been good because everything is vertically integrated, controlled by Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the general manager, vice president, 
head coach, defensive coordinator, and then tells the office. That's, that's vertical integration. So if you see a company that's going everywhere that has 10 different parts controlled by 10 different people versus a company that's vertically integrated where they control manufacturing, they control distribution, they control the logistics, they have they control the software or have prioritary software. That's the type of company you want to invest in, vertical integration. So that's what the Stronic family did and is doing in the horse racing industry. Now the horse uh the horse tracks they own are Santa Anita, Del Mar, they bought five uh, racetracks from the Bilbo Pidwell family in the Northeast. They bought Pimlico. This the Freak Mistakes. She modernized it. She had, you know, she made it into a dance party, bring young people in. But uh, you understand that before you go to that racetracks, you have to understand which horses come from the Spurnick farm. Because they, should be favorite, and if they are favorite, you, you kind of, it's part of your calculus when you're coming up with bets at Del Bar and any other racetracks, and then uh, know that they also control. There's no way they, they lose, because if you're picking the right horses, the software used to take your bet is controlled by them. So the juice you pay, you pay to the Stronic family. And that's one of the reasons that she has been, and her family has been so successful. That's why they have $5 billion. So, again, you're learning behavioral economics. So the same ownership structure that the Shrines have, the same structure that Steve Wynn has at the Wynn when you place your bets there, and the same effect economically uh, on your odds when you're betting on games. Uh, Another thing to note about Linda Stronic, that even though she's been a billionaire, uh, is she happy, right? So one, th one learning, one thing you learn being a wealth manager and when you look at dynasty and dynastic families and you meet people, that real money dynasty only lasts three generations, 80% of the time. You look at the Trumps, you go from Fred Trump to Donald Trump to Cokehead, Don Jr. who's not broke, living with a girlfriend living off his girlfriend. He blew all his money. Eric and Ivanka hate him because he's always broke. Third generation always goes broke. He's the second generation. He had two kids. She's been divorced several times. So those kids, uh, who knows about their experience? Are they going to be like the 80% that loses all the money? Now, she was in her 50s and she sued her father. You imagine that because she wanted her cut she wanted control power in the business and again what's the biggest motivation uh, for people for people in leadership positions people with all this money not just about the money it's also the power power over who over you <laughs> so again you got to know your opponent you got to get to as close to the truth as possible to be able to predict outcomes, right? And you always have to do your research on the Belinda Stronics of the world. So if she 
really happy with data built in. Right? She's been a politician. She got out of that. In the United States, gamblers wager $15 billion on horse race. So with XBAT, she gets a piece of that action, of that $15 billion action. In Canada, uh, the number is around 400 million, which is wrong. And again, you know, lifeless. The money only goes so far. She's divorced twice in her late 50s, got a lot of money. Uh, she goes out walking two miles every day. That's the one who is shipping in your horses. To bet on controls X bet and controls the track. So now you know that betting in one of the Stronic racetracks is different than betting at a racetrack like Belmont or Churchill Downs owned, owned by other people. You go to Belmont, you got to know who Linda Rice is. Put in Google who Linda Rice is if you're going to bet. So you got to do your research in order to be successful. That's the bottom line. And in researching the horse racing industry, learning who the owners of the tracks are, learning who the owners of the horses are, learning who the owner of the software that I'm betting on, they're all important factors to help you make the decision on the horse you think is going to win. Of course, you got to factor in the trainers. The Bill Bassett's over there, who's corrupt. We have a good podcast on him. Right, so who's corrupt and who's not corrupt? Well, the economists did a study on 115 countries to find out which country was corrupt, which country was not corrupt, and they decided that 115 countries, all of the countries were corrupt. It's just a level of corruption. So whoever the owner is, the Churchill Downs, whoever the owner is, at Belmont, Pimlico, we know they want pop. They're going to take as much money from your pocket as possible. You got to have some winners, right? So when you start betting, you always knock off the favorites. The favorites are usually 80% of the time a sucker bet, right? So you have to look at which are the top horses from the Stronics farms when you're at a Stronic racetrack. Right, and then you start now. You're in a better starting position. You think along with them. You have because we basically what you want to do is you want to be in business with them. You want to be the top twenty percent of betters who make money, but not the eighty percent who loses money. You got to look at the strong course at a start chronic track. What you know? What are the odds? Is this a, the sucker purse they want to lose? Because the real horse they want to win today is XYZ. You got to factor that in. She's second generation, divorced twice, dating guys like Bill Clinton. You need to know this. This is not just I have a gossip. This is to get inside her brain of the type of people she hires and the type of decisions she's making that you now see in your racing form and your research as you go to a Del Monte. As you go to the track in behavioral economics, 
why the casino, the sports book, puts the line in the way it is, in the way people are going to react to it. So you get a price, a good price on every line, and you make money. All right. So in the horse racing industry, over a trillion dollars bet. They own X bet. And what we learn from there, the outcome that helps us make money is that she's fully vertically integrated. And when we see vertical integration as much as possible, you want to bet on it from a sports betting, sports making money perspective. Again, your Bill Belichick's, your Andy Reid's, right? or even uh, the, the Dodgers have been successful, or uh, the Atlanta Braves with Malone and his system, Liberty Media, right? How Liberty Media works. You could have bet and made money on the Atlanta Braves. So that's why we do it. The purpose and the outcome. The purpose is to research, to get insight into sports betting world and how we are going to structure our bets and information to know the number so we know and we win everything. All right. So again, really good information. Uh, someone you might not have heard about, Belinda Strong. But her approach, the way she made the five billion dollars with her family, how she sued her dad when she was older because she wanted control power. These people want our power. What's Roger Goodell gonna do? What's gonna make him more powerful? And you gotta know this, right? Uh, sports book is going to make decisions that's going to make itself more powerful. You see, people want power over who? Over you. All right. So we've gotten through the horse racing season. Now we're going to go to college football previews. And we always close with what Winston Churchill said. When you give one, like we do, when we give you information so you can make money. When you give one, you always get 10 back in return. And William Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you live, from what you give. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the USBC Podcast Network. That's why this one Shit in the world. That's why I'm